Well, thanks for checking out our second episode of Going Deeper as we are discussing topics that heat up a conversation in our series for October here at Hope Baptist Church entitled Sizzle. And with us today we have Pastor Mike Lauren, who is our teaching pastor from the weekend. And Mike, it's about one o'clock. I think you just finished lunch. Uh, what was for lunch today for the pastor from the weekend? Oh, that's kind of a personal question, but I'll just share that with you. My sweet wife cooked me some good salmon and rice for lunch. Just a nice, light, healthy lunch. You know Definitely what I mean? Definitely healthy. Don't there know if go. about good. Uh, anyways, Mike, coming out of the weekend, you know, our topic this weekend was a pretty heavy one. Yes. Uh, homosexuality, yes. is it love? And, and for you, just kind of give us a recap in your mind as you walk through the weekend. Um, just give us some highlights for you uh, looking, looking back on the weekend. Sure. Yeah, I think it was, uh, you know, overall the highlight was being able to, to go to our church body and talk about something that they're hearing about every day. They're hearing about it, like we said, you're hearing about it on the news, you're hearing about it in the newspaper, magazines, wherever you are, this topic is being discussed. And to be able to speak to that from a biblical standpoint, and really get a sense that we equipped our people to be able to know, first of all, what does the Bible say? And then a little bit of a handles on how do I respond back? How do I see this issue from a biblical perspective? Because to be real honest, man, our culture right now is very, very confused on this issue. And what that means is we have the answer because we have Scripture, but we also have a huge responsibility to be able to share that in a humble, truthful way to those that God brings in our lives. So just the idea that I think we spoke to an issue that's critical, it's being discussed, and we spoke to it from a biblical standpoint was really is, is a highlight. Sure. I know as, you know, as we prepare to teach, uh, a lot of preparation goes yeah. into it. You know, there's a lot of study time, a lot of chewing up that. different sentences and words and those kind of things. Was there anything specific? You that, are the wordsmith man, Travis. Well, thank you very much for that, Mike. <laughs> um, was there anything you were specifically praying for mm. as you went into the weekend that yeah. was just kind of in your heart as, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you're, yeah. you're chewing this thing up? Uh, what were you, was there anything you were praying going into That's the weekend? such a good question. Thanks. <laughs> Did I give you that question? <laughs> you know, as you, it, it kind of ties into the study and the preparation because part of preparation to stand up and I think speak to God's people is God's got to prepare your heart for what you're getting ready to share. And I know you're preparing this week and God's doing that in your heart. But really a, a, a moment for me in the week in preparing is, is the statement I made early on that when we talk about homosexuality, we've got to see it as more than just an issue. It's, it's about people. And if you don't see it like that, you, you see the whole issue wrongly, I believe, because, yeah, it, it's not just about a position you hold about a, an issue in our in our day. How do you see the people who are caught in it? Because when you talk about homosexuality, yes, it's outside of God's design. Yes, it's unbiblical. But at the same time, these are people, dads, moms, sisters, brothers, daughters, sons, who are caught in a trap. And what was really... Uh, I guess helpful for me was when God put that in my heart during the week uh, and a sense of grief about those people. Uh, and really, <clears throat> going into the weekend, that was the prayer, that we would begin to see it from a biblical standpoint, a, a clearly biblical perspective, but also more than just an issue, that we now see this as people who are, are hurting. Hmm. They, they earnestly desire to love and be loved. So as a church, that'll help us be able to respond. We don't want to just be banner wavers on the other side of the issue in a condemning fashion, but we want to be able to compassionately know the truth, speak the truth in a loving, loving manner to people. 
sure. who are struggling. So that was a big deal for right. me. Right. Yeah, and I big think deal. we gave our people a lot of truth and a lot of content that speaks to this topic now. But yeah. but just kind of you know after after the weekend, I want to ask you this first question. Sure. And it's kind of a loaded question, but if you could kind of just boil it down to yeah. just kind of a clear answer, what do you feel like the overall message from Scripture is concerning? Homosexuality. Sure. And again, I think that's very important to be crystal clear uh, that the Bible very clearly, uh, I, I would articulate it this way the Bible very clearly paints homosexuality to be a cheap counterfeit of God's best. Genesis 2, Genesis 1, Genesis 2, we started there this weekend. Foundational for the Bible, but foundational for this issue. God has designed marriage, God has designed the way marriage is to look, and He's given us a healthy, good design. Homosexuality is a it's a counterfeit. It is a cheap imitation of that. It is a corruption, to be very bold about it, of God's best design. And homosexuality specifically is a corruption of that, and we talked about it quickly this weekend, but it distorts the distinctiveness between males and females. It distorts that. God said it's good. He created mankind, male and female. Homosexuality turns that upside down. Uh, God said it's good for uh, men and women to go and multiply within the confines of marriage to reproduce homosexuality turns that upside down paul said husband and wife within the marriage are a picture of christ and the church jesus being the bridegroom the church being the bride we're talking about the gospel there that's no minor issue homosexuality turns that upside down so to be very clear biblically it is a cheap imitation of god's best it's counterfeit and it turns God's best healthy design completely upside down. Yeah, and I think something else you said this weekend that was huge, I know for me, is not only does it distort the picture of marriage and the gospel, but it also it messes up. It's unhealthy for a person's life. Mm, absolutely. You gave a great stat this weekend. What was the stat you gave about a lifespan? Yeah, and I'll tell you, that's one of those moments in preparation when you come across a statistic or something, and you know you have to do your research and make sure that's not some faulty stat. Um, but the idea that... Uh, you know, for the average male in America, the lifespan is somewhere between 72, 73 years, something like that. Basically, what they're saying is the average lifespan of a guy, he's going to live around 72 years on average. Females, about 78. Women women live a little bit longer uh, for whatever reason. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but then you put that within the confines of an active homosexual male, that drops to 42 years. So what you're saying is... You're giving up, on average, 30 years of your life because of this counterfeit. Females, 48 years. Again, 30-year uh, deficit between the two. So that, again, is, is tangible, objective evidence to what Paul was saying in Romans 1, that you, 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 the result of this path you choose, it, it fleshes itself out in your very life, your body. It is a trap, and there's a huge price to pay. But, again, when you hear that stat, that's not something to shake your fist about. That's something to break your heart. Break your heart. I mean, there's a ton of other statistics I could have used this weekend. I didn't. You know, the, the average homosexual, 75% of homosexuals are going to encounter some type of STD, which is going to end their life or make their life miserable. But you will not hear that on television. You will not hear that in the pop media out there. But those are statistics to indicate this is a counterfeit and the end thereof is destruction, as the Bible says. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for speaking to that. Yeah. Uh, you know, as you said earlier, this is a topic that a lot of people in our culture, around our country, are talking yeah. about. Yeah. And um, 
one of the things that is kind of coming out as, a, as an argument to why homosexuality is okay is people are saying that we're genetically born that way. Sure. Um, as you studied and That's prepared, true. what what did you come across? What's your thoughts on is a person born yeah. homosexual? Yeah, great question because that's you hear that a lot. And let me just say, first of all, I found absolutely no objective scientific evidence that anyone's been able to prove that that is a reality. In other words, from a purely scientific medical standpoint, uh, homosexual community, if you will, and I hate to be categorical about that, but wants to say that there is evidence to lend to the fact that to be homosexual you have no choice. Well, there is no hard and fast scientific evidence to support that. I could find none. Um, Biblically speaking, what you do see, again, is that God the Creator designed it, uh, has given us a divine design, male, female, uh, and nothing biblically indicates that God designs or places in someone the propensity to be homosexual from God. Now, what you do see biblically is you see the divine design in Genesis 1 and 2. Sin enters the world in Genesis 3. So from there on, just take the book of Genesis, what you see is God's divine design begins to be distorted and begins to be turned upside down, whether it's lust, whether it's incest, whether it's pornography, whether it's rape, whatever it is. Homosexuality is an an example of we're not necessarily born homosexuals, but we're all born with a sin nature. And that sin nature is going to express itself in one way or another. We're all tempted in all things, but we're all tempted in some things more than others. As best I can tell, and this is somewhat of a, a supposition or a conjecture, but some people are born... All of us with a sin nature, but some, their bent leads leads them a little bit more towards homosexuality than maybe another person might be tempted with. Um, does that in any way excuse that or say it's okay? Well, no, no more than it would excuse me to go have an affair on my wife because I have a bent towards that or don't have a bent towards it or to be caught up in pornography or any of the sexual sins. Um, so I do not believe, could find no evidence to support that someone is born as a homosexual, in other words, that gives them uh, the medical right to choose that lifestyle. But it is an expression of our sin nature, just like all the, the, the sexual sins that are listed in Scripture. Sure. And, and speaking of Scripture, one thing we learn from God's Word is that any time a person is involved in sin, it always, always, always in some form leads to disaster. Yeah, no question. Are there some things that you think of that are just really dangerous about our culture or our community wrapping their arms around homosexuality as yeah. it being okay? Are there some things, some specific yeah. ways you think that could be very, very dangerous dangerous for us on a practical level? Sure, yeah, that's a great question. I, you know, just just for discussion's sake, let's say that let's say that let's say that all of society became homosexual. <laughs> You say, okay, well, that wouldn't be too bad if you, if, you, if you espouse to that viewpoint. Well, what that means is that society is not going to live past one generation. In other words, the lifestyle that they're wrapping their arms around leads to their own destruction, and they cannot live past one generation because the homosexual lifestyle in and of itself cannot reproduce. <laughs> so you're condemning yourself to extinction by your lifestyle. Now, that's a, that's a stretch. Obviously, that's not going to happen. But that ought to be in our thinking a little bit that that lifestyle it leads to its own destruction. <clears throat> when you talk about homosexuality, you're talking about gender confusion, that people really begin to become confused of their own gender, maleness and femaleness. We talked about that a little bit this weekend. And really, that strikes to the very core of who we are. 
Because if you're confused on your maleness or femaleness, which again is at the very core of our identity as a human being, then that affects every part of your life. It affects you physically. It affects you emotionally. It affects you relationally. It affects you spiritually. So when, you, when you're talking with someone who's dealing with homosexuality, it's not just that they're dealing with a sin. They're dealing with a sin that strikes the very core of who they are in their gender identity. Mm-hmm. That has unbelievable implications for the family because I don't know that we've seen, and, and we're getting a little bit off here, but I don't know that we've seen what's going to happen in a culture when you raise a generation that embraces homosexuality like our culture does today. We're there now. Mm-hmm. What's the next generation going to look like? It's, it's, it's scary sure. because you have kids who are being raised and the clear distinctions between men and women are no longer there. That is a frightening thing because it affects the role of the father, the role of the mother, uh, how that's structured, how, how, how society functions is now brought into question because it's turned upside down. That's a threat to all of us. It's horrifying. It's not God's best. Yeah. Yeah, and this and these are questions that you know we're talking about, and that you just kind of really spoke to. That a lot of people, as we opened up an email address for people to submit for this series, people were yeah. asking those questions. Sure. Another question that continually came up that I'd love for you to speak to for a moment is: uh, Is it possible um, for a person to be a Jesus follower mm. and to be a professing homosexual? Yeah, How does that mesh? Yeah. What does that mean? How would you speak to that? question? Great question. Um, all right, this is going to take a little explanation because this is this is where the issue gets a little bit complex and not even able to deal with it on the weekend like you'd like to. I think when you talk about the issue of homosexuality, the best I can approach it is you got to look at it with, with almost two groups of people. Uh, I think there's a, a group of people, as best I can articulate it, who are totally given over to it. In other words, they embrace it. It's become their identity. They would say, I am a homosexual um, some of that group would even go to the, to the point of almost being a militant about it. it. It's their identity, and often those are the ones that you see on television. Um, <clears throat> again, I think that's a group of people that are totally given over to it uh, and really could care less what the Bible says, to be, to be real honest. But then I do think there's another group of people, and some are Christians, and some may not be Christians, but it's a struggle in their life. They haven't given themselves over to it. It's a battle that they face, but they don't want it. They don't want to be there. They, they, they realize the where it's going to lead them, and they realize the price that it's going to cost them in their lives. So that's the group of people where I do, I do believe someone can come to Christ, realize homosexuality is wrong, just like all the sin that we embrace as human beings is wrong. But, but I guess we need to be real clear on this. Becoming a Christian doesn't mean that temptation necessarily goes away immediately, just like the temptation to overeat or lie or, or whatever doesn't go away immediately. But the difference is there's a supernatural power that lives within you that when you when you press into Christ, so to speak, and abide in him, the supernatural power to overcome that temptation is there. Does that mean it goes away? No, not always. And that's a group of people where that's a group of people, to be honest, that your heart breaks for because they're they're in something that they don't want to be in. And then the challenge is where do they go? <laughs> because that's where the church often has, for lack of a better term, dropped the ball in that. It's very difficult for a male or a female to walk into church and say, I'm struggling with homosexuality. Somebody help me. <laughs> that The place for that person, where is it? Um, and then what happens often is the only place that they find any acceptance is in the homosexual community. They don't want to be there, but they, they want to connect. They want to love and be loved. Church doesn't want anything to do with them. The homosexual community will welcome in. So I do think it's possible for someone to know Christ, 
have a relationship with Christ and struggle with homosexuality. If a person doesn't struggle with it and they claim to be a Christian, I think I think that is inconsistent because there's no way the Spirit of Christ can reside in someone and and be okay with something that's going to lead to your destruction. Sure, and I think it's very important to understand that not only has God given you what you were speaking of in His supernatural power to overcome those things, but if you're a follower of Christ, He's given you a community of Jesus Absolutely. followers Great to point. walk with that, yeah. that can help you in the process. We were not meant to operate alone. Yeah. And I think that's huge, especially when we're trying to walk through struggles and walk through sin. Yeah. Um, we will always fall short yeah. uh, when, when we're doing it. In isolation. Yeah, that's a great point. I think that's an important point coming off that for each of us to ask as believers, would somebody in my context or my circle of influence be comfortable coming to me and saying, I'm struggling with homosexuality, I need help? Would they be comfortable because of the way we present ourselves or the way we handle it? If, they, if they're not, then that may mean that, that our perspective on this is we have an issue that we hold, very, but we don't see it as people. Would, would there be somebody in your life comfortable to come and say, man, I'm struggling with this, I need help? And would you, would you be willing to help them? Sometimes I don't know if we would or not. Yeah. And that's where it comes back up on us as the church. Our, do we have the attitude of Christ? Sure. And we need to ask that. Yeah. Another question I wanted you to kind of speak to is a little bit about what is the balance between the homosexual community and the local church? You know, let's say there was some people who came this weekend and heard the talk, and they are they are in the middle of homosexuality. Do we invite them back to our church? Mm. Uh, do we go out and, and, and meet them where they are? How do we stay firm in what the truth says, sure. but in the same way care or interact with the people um, who we strongly disagree with? Yeah, you know, Jesus said, uh, he said, I did not come to call the righteous, but I came as a physician to those who are sick. In other words, Jesus came for the homosexual. <laughs> Jesus came for the for the uh, porn addict. Jesus came for those who are sick in their sin. And again, that's where there is a difference, however, I think, in our culture between those who are in it and don't want to be and want help and then those who are completely given over to it and are militant. I do think those who come and want help and want to get it just like anybody wants to turn from their sin that's why we're here as the church there ought to be a place in the body of christ for the person who struggles with this sin that because we all do we're all there you know thank god that somebody doesn't push me away because of certain struggles i have we all have certain struggles in certain areas there's got to be a place in the local expression of the body of christ for that man that woman boy or girl who's struggling with homosexuality to feel like they can go talk get connected, have community around them that's going to love them through this. That is absolutely imperative. And that, again, is where it's a challenge for the church to do that because this sin has been so elevated as heinous, which it is. It's destructive. It's horrible. We know that. But there's a stigma that goes with homosexuality that keeps the church from reaching out to that homosexual often. And that's where the church, we need to grow in that area. Would a homosexual, somebody that's struggling with homosexuality, feel comfortable coming to our church. Not that they're not going to hear the truth. They're going to hear the truth, and they're going to understand that it is not God's best. It's wrong. But then somebody needs to put their arm around and say, man, that's what I want to walk through. I want to walk with you through this to a place of health. Hmm. Church needs to be a hospital for those who are struggling with this thing. Yeah. Well, man, thanks for those thoughts. And, and thank you for the weekend, man, and teaching us what the Bible says 
what we believe and how we can give us some handles to communicate that with other people. Yeah, awesome. and so I'd love for you just to finish by praying uh, and really praying for our church, uh, yeah. for just that brokenness you were talking yeah. about this weekend towards this specific topic, that it's not awesome. a throw your fist up and yell. Right. It's something that should break our hearts like it breaks the heart of God. So awesome. if you would finish in prayer, we'll be we'll be done. Awesome. And before I do, let me, some people ask me this weekend, how, how do I talk to my homosexual friend or where's some resources and I just want to give there's two great websites out there that you can turn that you can check Exodus International gives some great resources and tools to reach out to that person in your circle of influence so there's Exodus International and then there's loveinaction.com love and action is the same one they're, they're two complimentary websites to seek resources help as you're trying to minister uh, to someone in your circle of influence who's struggling with this. So I would commend both of those to anybody that, that wants some resources on that. So, well, Lord Jesus, uh, we thank you for this time. Thank you uh, for the truth of your word. Thank you that the truth is very clear. And, Lord, I pray as a church body and as individuals, Lord, that you press your word into our hearts. Uh, Lord, that we don't just hear truth and then agree and ascend to a position, Lord, but we are transformed in our heart towards people, that we have the heart of the Lord Jesus. God, who did not come to to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many, Lord. Let us serve those who are struggling with whatever sin it may be, Lord, because we're all struggling. But God, I pray as a church, we develop a heart of compassion and the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ to be truthful, to be biblical, but to be compassionate to those who are around us and struggling with issues like these, Lord. Uh, We love you, and this is for your glory and your honor that we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Going Deeper. If you missed this week weekend's talk, you can go to HopeBaptistChurch.com and check out the talk from Pastor Mike. Uh, we hope you will join us this upcoming weekend as we address the topic, Mormonism and Christianity, Are They the Same? And then our next Going Deeper episode will be available next Thursday afternoon. Have a good week.